Hey everyone, welcome back to Self-Help Witch. Self-Help Witch is dedicated to making astrology accessible and supporting your journey for deeper self-awareness and authentic living. I'm Dana, I'm your host. I'm a teacher, astrologer, and self-awareness advocate. Today, we are breaking down barriers to self-care and how to prioritize yourself. This episode is for you. If you never feel like you have enough time for self-care, And or when you do find yourself having enough time, you sometimes or frequently or always find it hard to turn your mind off, whether that be due to stress, anxiety, or simply feeling like you should be doing something else, maybe being more productive. We're going to address all of that guilt, all of those feelings of selfishness, all of that feeling like there's never enough time today so that you can start incorporating the self-care routine that you deserve and you do deserve it. But before we do that, first, if you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe to the channel and like the video. And if you prefer to listen via podcast, you can listen to that anywhere podcasts are available. If you're listening on the podcast and you're an OG, hey, what's up? Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. Self-care is something People are always talking about, always saying how important it is. And I almost think it's become so prominent in our discussion around wellness that we kind of take for granted that we know what it is. I certainly feel that way because not only do we constantly talk about it, but it's also so specific to individuals and it can mean so many things to so many different people. It can be hard to really pin down what exactly we're talking about when we talk about self-care. So I did a little research and I found a concept analysis paper written by some nursing students at the University of San Diego. So what these nursing students did was reviewed a bunch of literature on self-care in order to extrapolate the core components of self-care. And here's what they said. An extensive review of the literature revealed salient characteristics that reflected the most frequently used terms associated with the concept. These three attributes were awareness, self-control, and self-reliance. So in other words, when we're practicing self-care, these are the things we are cultivating. Now they did give us a definition as well. Here it is. Self-care is the ability to care for oneself (laughs) through awareness, self-control, and self-reliance in order to achieve, maintain, or promote optimal health and well-being. And if you're curious about reading this concept analysis, I'll have that linked in the show description. Now, I think that this is really helpful because it gets at what we're cultivating. Again, awareness, self-control, and self-reliance. And it gets at the why behind what we're doing there in order to maintain or promote optimal health and well-being. Now, we'd all agree, I think anyway, that optimal health and well-being are very important. They're things that all of us want and are striving for, especially if we're in this self-help, self-discovery world. The reason we're doing these things is to have a better life. Yet... (laughs) Most of us are so burnt out, we barely have the mental space to even consider our self-care, let alone make time for it, let alone actually do it. Self-care can become, very easily, just another thing on our to-do list. Just another thing that stresses us out instead of making us happier. And it's so ironic that the thing that's supposed to help us 
feel less stress, aka self-care, can ultimately become part of those stressors that we were trying to address in the first place. It can be really frustrating and demoralizing, and honestly, it can make you want to give up on self-care or make you feel like it's just impossible for you. And if that bums you out, don't worry, because this whole episode is about how we can flip the script on this, and we can. So we're going to address the key things here that get in the way, which are not enough time, feeling like you're being selfish, and overall stress and inability to root into the moment when you do take that self-care time. Now, despite our relationship with self-care, whether we love it, whether we feel kind of resentful of it almost because we feel like we can never really like figure it out for ourselves, it is extremely beneficial and there's no denying it. There's clinical research that supports this. This is from Southern New Hampshire University. Again, this will be linked in the show notes. Engaging in a self-care routine has been clinically proven to reduce or eliminate anxiety and depression, reduce stress, improve concentration, minimize frustration and anger, increase happiness, improve energy, and more. And if you've ever gotten in a flow with your self-care routine, you probably know that from personal experience. It can absolutely help us with all of these things. In fact, there are also physical health benefits Self-care has been clinically proven to reduce heart disease, stroke, and cancer. Now, I want to dig more into that research, but I believe it because the mind-body connection is real. And if you're doing things that are helping your mental health, you are ultimately supporting your physical health. It's clear that there are numerous health benefits physical and mental. And we're not even talking yet about the spiritual benefits, which I think is why a lot of us ultimately come to self-care in the first place. Spiritually, self-care can help us tune into the universe. It helps us feel connected. It helps us feel more at peace in our bodies. And I'm not just talking about physically. I'm talking about at peace with how things are right now. And it can help us feel connected to a sense of purpose. So this is clearly very fucking important, and we definitely want to be able to do it. And if you're listening to this episode, you already know how important it is to you, and you believe that it can help you. So now let's get into what are these three barriers, and how can we break them down? So let's talk about probably the biggest barrier to self-care, which is not having enough time. Let me be the first to admit, this is my go-to reason for not doing my own self-care practice, not making time for my own self-care practice. And I'm going to be honest, what I have to say about this, it might kind of piss you off, but it's with love, okay? And there's no judgment here because I am you. I do this as well. So let's just start with some interesting statistics about time and self-care. Statistics show that many of us really long for more self-care time and that we would go to great lengths to get it. So in 2020, according to this survey by Vagaro, I don't know how to say it, but I'll link it in the show notes, the average person had about 65 minutes per week dedicated to self-care. Now, at first that might sound like a lot, but that's actually less than 10 minutes a day. It's not nothing, but most of us would like more than that, I think. 
This survey also found that Americans would be willing to move, that's 35% of people, sell a personal belonging, said 33% of people, or give up their favorite food, 30% of people, for more self-care time. So you've got basically a third who would move, sell something, or give up their favorite food in order to have more self-care time. That is nuts. And it tells you how desperate we are for more time in our day to take care of ourselves, that we need it so badly. And let's be honest, many of us, myself included, have lots of days where we don't even get those 10 minutes. My question, though, is, and this is where you might be like, okay, Dana, fuck off. Do we really not have 10 minutes? Is our day that jam-packed? all the time that we truly don't have 10 minutes for ourselves. I would argue that there might be a day here or there where we really are from the time we get up to the time we go to bed, going, going, going the entire time. But I think that most of the time we are actually not that busy. The vast majority of people, I should say, are not that busy all the time, every single day. So that begs the question, all right, if we actually do have at least 10 minutes a day. Why aren't we making the time? That is the right question to ask. It's not why don't I have enough time or just simply saying I wish I had more time. It's why am I not making the time? And really more importantly, what am I doing with my time that makes it feel like I don't have any time for self-care? Now, you might be thinking, Okay, you just told me 30% of people would be willing to give up their favorite food for more self-care time. We really don't have time. (laughs) It's really about just simply not having enough time. That statistic seems to imply the problem is external rather than a problem with ourselves. And I want to acknowledge right now the problem is external to a point. The problem is absolutely external. We live in a society that does not support having a consistent self-care practice, both in the pace of how we live and in the ingrained notion of productivity that we have in our society. And I'm speaking from an American perspective here. But if you think about our social notions around productivity, around laziness, and particularly selfishness, which we're going to talk more about later, you can see how without coming right out and saying self-care should not be a priority for you. That's what we're saying with the values that exist in our social consciousness. So it is absolutely true that the problem is external. That our work week is so unnatural. We are encouraged both overtly and covertly to put everything before ourselves and give away our time for free, especially if you are the woman. But The not enough time argument really comes down to the question of what are you doing with those extra 10 minutes in your day? Most of us are doing things that are not restorative, not supporting our self-care. In other words, not supporting, cultivating awareness, self-control, and self-reliance. I'd argue most of the time when someone says, I don't have enough time, and again, I'm including myself in this, what they really mean is, I don't have energy. 
And what they mean by I don't have energy is cultivating awareness, self-control, and self-reliance seems really hard. And yeah, (laughs) it can be hard because it's not like a spa day. It takes a certain level of discipline to get started with this and to continue for sure. However, it won't always feel that way. And that's what we often forget, especially when we're getting started. It may feel a little bit like a chore at first because it takes effort. (laughs) You have to actually do something. You can't just think about it. You've got to go to the room where you're going to do it. You've got to open your journal. You've got to put on your headphones and listen to the meditation. But again, once you get started and once you get in the flow, the way you're going to feel will be so improved from how you were before that you will quickly realize how worth it it is. And it's just like working out. If you've ever gotten into a habit with working out, which by the way is absolutely a form of self-care, it's the thing of getting to the gym is the hardest part. It's true with self-care as well. And it doesn't make sense because self-care implies a thing that would be restorative, that we would want to do. And we do want to do it, but there's this little part of us that is like, or sometimes a big part of us, that is like, actually, it might be easier to scroll right now or watch The Office for the 500th time. And again, like, this is me. This is what I do. So I am right there with you. But what I've noticed is that these are tricks. The part of me that wants to not change, the part of me that just feels like it isn't worth it, that kind of stops me from doing anything new and different and useful, there is a part of me that exists there. It's Really, we could call it a self-saboteur. And sometimes it feels easier to listen to that. But the thing is, once you get into a consistent practice, and even just doing it one time, you know this, doing it once gives you that little reminder of, oh yeah, this is good for me, and it feels good doing it. And the more you do that consistently, the easier it is for that part of you that's like, actually, I love doing this. Yes, it's another thing to do, but it feels good to do it and it's good for me. So I'm fucking doing it and I will feel better doing this than if I do the thing that was just kind of occupying my time as a placeholder, but not really doing anything for me. What once felt like a chore will become fun. And I want to remind you too that as you are going into your self-care practices and if this is resonating for you and you're like, yeah, it does kind of feel like a chore, remember that it only feels like a chore. And what I mean by that is feelings aren't always facts. Again, there's a part of us that's like trying to get us to stop doing something different, right? Wants to keep us in what is known and familiar and might, again, be acting a little bit like a saboteur. But these are feelings and they are not facts. So it feels like a chore. That doesn't mean it is. It's actually not. It's something that is helping you. And the more that you can keep that in the front of your mind, the easier it will be to just stop thinking, honestly, and just get into it just start doing it and again the more you get into a consistent practice the less you will feel like it's a burden 
So what I want to emphasize here as far as how to break down the barrier of not having enough time is no matter how little time you have, you have time for self-care. I don't care how busy you are. If you have 30 seconds, we all have 30 seconds, okay? (laughs) You have time for self-care. Now, is it as much as you would like? God, no. 30 seconds is not enough time, but it is something, okay? So whatever time you do have, use it. Make an intentional plan for your self-care. And it can be simple. I think this is where a lot of us really do believe that we don't have enough time because we think that it's got to be this elaborate ritual, this perfect at-home spa day where you need to buy all the supplies and have the perfect, you know, the planets aligned. (laughs) You just don't. You can have a self-care moment at any time. And I actually think that these are the most beneficial types of self-care rather than the elaborate spa day. So for example, you could, and I like to do this, have a ritual for the a minute before you get out of your car for work and when you get back in your car after the end of the day. I like to just take the minute before I get out of my car to walk in to ground and center and feel embodied so that my mind isn't racing all over the place because as a teacher, I am constantly like, boop, 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 boop. My, my brain is going all day long. So it's really nice for me to just kind of tune into my body and feel grounded before I'm doing all this kind of airy brain activity all day. And then I like to let that go whenever I get back in my car. So I do the same kind of embodiment when I get back in, but this time I'm letting things go as I ground back down into my body and out of my thinking brain, just letting anything from the day go. And regardless of your profession, this is something you can do just to kind of reclaim some space for yourself before you're at work all day, right? And I give this example just to show you how simple it can be. The key to making this work is making it work for you. And what's so beautiful and cool about that is in considering your actual daily experience in creating your self-care practice, you are already practicing self-care because you are cultivating a deeper awareness about what you need by thinking about the flow of your day. And then also you're going to naturally think about Does this flow of my day actually work for me? What tweaks can I make? How can I make my day better for me? I hope that this gives you something to work with around the idea of not having enough time. Remember, if you've got 30 seconds, you've got enough time to do something. Think about your daily life and how you can incorporate little self-care moments really naturally. And then, of course, think about what would motivate you to do your self-care routine. What kind of self-care routines or activities excite you or would feel really restorative or really fun? And if there's other things that you wanna do for self-care that maybe feel a little bit like a chore, question that part of yourself. Push back on that and say, actually, this is really good for me and I'm gonna feel a lot better after doing it. I'm quickly interrupting the episode to invite you to download the self-care rituals for every zodiac sign checklist. As you might have guessed, this is going to contain self-care rituals for every zodiac sign, and I've got it broken down into three different categories, physical, emotional, and spiritual. You can use this in a variety of ways. I recommend when you want to feel nourished, seeking out either your sun or your moon signs activities, and when you want to stretch yourself, 
Go for the energy that you have less of in your chart. For example, if you have a lot of water in your chart, you could look at the fire activities. If you have a lot of earth, you could look at the air activities and vice versa. Really, you can use this guide however you want and get creative with it. You can get it for free right now through the link in the show notes or the description of this video. So let's get into why self-care feels selfish sometimes and how to dismantle that lie because it is a lie so that you can actually get to your self-care time and enjoy it. By the way, if you're listening and not watching this, my baby's awake. You might hear some cute little baby noises. So we're just rolling with it. So from where I stand, there are a few different reasons why we might feel selfish when we engage in self-care. You might be avoiding self-care because you feel like it's selfish, but you don't realize that is what's actually preventing you from self-care. Like you might be saying, I don't have enough time, but the underlying thing beneath that is you really feel like it's selfish slash you should be spending that time doing other things, which is going to lead into the last part of the episode about productivity and feeling stress around self-care. The other thing that might be coming up if you feel selfish around self-care is you might be actually going to your self-care dates, I like to call them, but you're unable to enjoy that time because you feel selfish. So it's either kind of subconsciously working or it's in the front of your mind and it's getting in the way of the time you are making for self-care. The root of feeling like it's selfish is actually not anything to do with being selfish at all. It's about feeling unworthy of having that time for yourself. And I'm here to tell you that is almost always untrue. Unless you are truly a selfish person, and I think most people who are worried that they're selfish are not selfish people. So you can go ahead and rest assured that you're not selfish, but let's just kind of break this down as to why it's the case with an example. So as I was writing the outline for this episode, I had this conversation with my husband, Mike, who is a great teacher for me because he's often going through the things that I'm talking about, as am I, and very kismetly, which it's totally not a word, he brought up the feeling of feeling selfish around self-care as I was creating the idea for this episode. So we started talking about it. and. Basically, it boils down to me getting up to breastfeed every night with the baby. If you don't know, I have a six-week-old baby. I'm exclusively breastfeeding. So that means I'm getting up every night with him. And I've chosen to do that. I want to do that. Mike has told me that anytime I have the baby during the day, he's unable to rest or engage in self-care without feeling really bad about it. Because he feels like I have no time to myself. And when he takes time for himself, wow, he must be a really shitty partner. And th these are his words, by the way. He's like those new dads he hates who just play video games and complain whenever they have to take the baby. Which, by the way, he's never complained about having to take the baby. So I'm listening to him say this to me. And I'm like, all right, a few things. Why do you feel selfish? It's an assumption you're making about how I'm feeling. You think 
that I feel resentful or that I don't want to be doing what I'm doing when actually I don't feel resentful. We've talked about this so many times and I actually want to be doing this. If I get to a point where I can't or don't want to get up every night, I will let you know and we'll figure something out. So your feelings of selfishness are operating on an assumption that's untrue, number one. And you're comparing me to you. Like the thought exists in his mind. If Dana never has time to herself, which is not true, that's the assumption he's making, then I shouldn't either. And again, we all deserve to have time for ourselves. We all are inherently worthy of having a self-care routine, ritual, and practice. I'm bringing this up to make a greater point about how hard we are on ourselves. For him to assume that he's doing nothing is categorically false because as I'm taking care of the baby, he's doing all of the housework. I can't tell you the last time I did my own laundry and I recognize how lucky and privileged I am to have this partner who's so supportive and helpful. But for him to think that he's not doing anything or that he's lazy because I'm getting up with the baby is so wild to me. It just goes to show how hard we are on ourselves, how hard we can be on ourselves. And these feelings of being selfish are often rooted in false perceptions, false assumptions, and unfair comparisons about what's fair and what's not. So here's how we stop that from happening and get rid of these false beliefs about being selfish when it comes to our self-care. We need to internalize the belief that we are inherently worthy of having time to take care of ourselves. There is no prerequisite for deserving self-care. It's not a reward. It's not a treat. It's a necessity. Stop treating it like it's negotiable. And that is the way that you internalize this belief that you're worthy. It is not negotiable. Every day, you take time for self-care and it is required. Treat it like you have a hard deadline. I was like this in college with all my term papers. You best believe the 48 hours leading up to the, the final due date, I was in the library like 75% of that time, right? A deadline makes me move. Do not treat your self-care like it's something you can put off until tomorrow. There is a deadline. It must be done today. That is something that I found is really helpful. And when you do that, you are communicating to yourself, this is non-negotiable because I need this. I deserve it for no reason other than I am inherently worthy of it. Also, flip the script on the idea of selfishness and what self-care actually is. Self-care helps you be selfless, not selfish. Selfishness is when you only care about yourself. And we feel selfish when we're engaging in self-care, again, because maybe there's feelings of inherent unworthiness, but also it feels like we are choosing something purely for us which does not benefit anyone else. And that is false. The truth is self-care is selfless because it helps us be the best people we can be. 
physically, emotionally, and spiritually, which means we can show up as the best version of ourselves for our loved ones and anyone we happen to encounter in our lives. When we don't regularly make time for self-care, make space for ourselves, we become resentful and bitter. No matter how hard we try not to, that is inevitable. Without cultivating awareness, self-control, and self-reliance, those three components of self-care, we end up unaware of who we are, unable to take control of our lives, and incapable of making change. We end up feeling that way. That's not the reality, but that's how we feel because we're not taking the time and the space to connect with those capacities within ourselves. We feel stuck, we feel unsure of ourselves, and we feel disconnected from our authenticity when we don't take time for self-care. So clearly, we're not going to show up as the best version of ourselves, and that's going to affect the people in our lives. So it is selfish not to take time for self-care. When you take care of yourself, you take care of your people. So it is absolutely categorically a requirement. It is not selfish. It is the most important thing you can do, not only for yourself, but for the people you care about. Now, the final barrier to accessing and taking time for self-care that I want to address is stress. General anxiety and stress can absolutely get in the way of our self-care. It can creep into our self-care time when we feel really pressed for time when we have a lot on our minds or when we're just having a hard time slowing down our thoughts and being present in the moment. So first, it's important to note that sometimes self-care centered around cultivating awareness can bring up things that put us in a stressful state. So I want to bring that up so that we're very mindful of that. And if you get to a place where you're starting to feel overwhelmed and you need support, you should get that support. Sometimes we encounter things that we need help working through in this work. So be aware of that and don't be afraid to ask for help when you need it. But other times the stress is more manageable. It might show up as a feeling of needing to be doing something else. Your to-do list kind of running through your head. Like, I need to be more productive right now. I'm wasting my time. This has happened to me quite a bit, and as someone with a full-time job, a business, a newborn, there is no shortage of other shit I could be doing or feel like I should be doing. There's always about 15 things I could or should be doing, and I'm sure that's the same for you. So the way that we mitigate these thoughts, these looping thoughts that get in the way of us being present, is to remember how energy works in nature. It works in cycles. We inhale and we exhale. We expand, we contract. It's hot, then it's cold. It stuff blooms and then it dies. This is how we are meant to work with periods of activity and periods of rest. The way our society functions, and this gets back to the the truth that there are external issues at play here. This is one of them. Our level of expected productivity is very unnatural and very unsustainable. And many of us are never pressed to question that because we are rewarded and encouraged 
to continue working at a breakneck pace to do more and more and more. It is unnatural to sit at a computer for eight hours a day, five days a week. And most of us do much more than that, right? So we need to understand that our notions of productivity are fucked up and reset them. It is actually more productive to rest than it is to be constantly acting, right? Because that is not sustainable. You will burn out. If you're listening to this and this is resonating, you probably already are burnt out on some level. So you must rest. Again, that idea of it being non-negotiable. It is not negotiable to rest. You need a balance. That's really what we're talking about. And if you're always on one end of the spectrum and not on the other, whether that's action or rest, right? Sometimes we're not moving enough and we need to move. And I'm not just talking about physical stuff either. Like anything you consider self-care, there is a need for balance. And if when you go to take your self-care, you're like, oh my God, I really should be doing X, Y, Z. You probably are too far on one end of the spectrum in that part of you that is anxious is coming up around that. So we need to take the time to calm that part of self. And just thinking about it isn't always going to help, right? What I'm giving you right now is hopefully a piece of awareness that you can bring to that voice when it comes up. This is the part of me that feels anxious. And this is a clue that I'm too far on one end of the spectrum right now. I'm too active or maybe I'm too restful, but most of the time when this kind of stress is coming up, you're anxious and you're too active. And what you really need is to bring yourself back down. So the best thing you can do, I think, in those moments is take a beat to get embodied. And the quickest, easiest way to do that is with your breathing. This is my favorite thing to do because it's so damn simple. Inhale for four, exhale out your mouth for six. And consciously let your jaw go, especially if you're a teeth grinder like me, okay? Do that as many times as you need to, to feel like you're back in your body, and then go do the thing you're going to do. It really helps me to remember in those moments that rest is inevitable. I have to do it. And if I don't, I'm going to be less effective when it is time to take action. It's kind of back to the idea of self-care being non-negotiable. It is inevitable that you are going to crash and burn if you don't stop and rest. Or you'll become resentful and bitter of the people in your life that you feel like you have to take care of. And maybe you do have to take care of them. Maybe you have children, right? And you are responsible for them. But especially when you are responsible for a lot, that means it's even more important for you to take time for yourself and be connected with yourself. And again, the consequences of not doing that are burning out and needing it anyway. <laughs> so if you want to be able to keep going and not feel like you're running on empty all the time, it is crucial for you to stop and gas up. So let's put a bow on all of this that we just talked about. 
Self-care is a crucial component to your physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. And the three biggest obstacles that I see to self-care are time, feelings of selfishness or self-care guilt, and stress taking over your brain to where you can't actually enjoy your time. There are absolutely external realities that prevent us from fully accessing self-care sometimes, but there are things that we can do to push back against that and reclaim our time for ourselves. The first thing we can do is think about how we're spending our time. Do we really not have an extra 10 minutes? Most of us do. And if you feel like you don't, by the way, I meant to mention this in that part of the show, track your time for a day. Use an app like Toggle and literally every single thing you do, track it. You will be shocked at how much time you spend doing things that you weren't even thinking about. And you'll see that you do have at least 10 minutes, I hope. Now, we also can take our day into consideration and make it make sense for us. This is really key. You don't need a 30 to 45 minute ritual. If you have time and space for that and you want to do that, fucking do it. That's amazing. But it can be something as simple as a minute to yourself when you get in and out of the car at work or something like that. The key, again, is to make it make sense for you and your life. And in doing that, you're already engaging in self-care because you are tending to yourself through the lens of your lived experience. As far as self-care guilt goes and feeling selfish around self-care, we have to flip the script on that by, one, remembering that we are inherently worthy of self-care. We deserve it for no other reason than we are humans and we need it. And that is an important thing to remember. It's a need. It is non-negotiable. It's not a reward. It's not a treat. It's something that we are inherently worthy of. And self-care is selfless because it allows us to show up as the best possible human we can be. And if we are not taking time for self-care, what will happen eventually is bitterness and resentment will accrue we're inevitably going to not be the best person we can be. So by engaging in self-care, we actually improve the lives of our loved ones and anyone we encounter, which means that it is categorically not selfish. Finally, the stressful thoughts that can get in the way of enjoying your self-care time can be mitigated by flipping the script on what we believe being productive is. Being productive is not just about action. It is also about rest. Rest is productive because we need it to survive. It is unnatural to work constantly and never have time to rest. It is unnatural to be around people, to be communicating, to be engaging with the world all the fucking time and never coming back into yourself. We need the yin just as much as we need the yang. And if our notion of productivity is constantly working, we are going to burn out. It is inevitable. So we've got to flip the script on what we think productive really looks like. One way we can mitigate thoughts or anxiety around feeling like we've got to be 
working all the time is to really come back into our bodies. And the simplest way that I've found is with a breath, taking a breath, a conscious breath, allowing the exhale to be longer than the inhale. And it is so damn simple, but that's the beauty of it. And certainly there are other ways to get more embodied, but that is the one that I'd like to offer you today. So I hope that these tips were helpful. I hope that you recognize you are so fucking worth it. If you're looking for some astrologically aligned ideas for your self-care practice, I've got a fancy new checklist for you. It's called Self-Care Through the Signs. It's got three different ideas for each zodiac sign, a physical, a mental, and a spiritual practice. And you can do this with your sun, your rising, your moon. It really doesn't matter. In fact, you can just go through and say, all right, what do I feel like I need today? Like I have a lot of water and no fire in my chart. Maybe I look at a fire sign to get me out of my comfort zone, right? If that's something I'm needing in my self-care practice. So you get to be real creative with that and use it how it makes sense to you. But you can get that in the description down below. And in the meantime, I hope that this episode served you. Let me know what you thought. I love you. Keep going. See you next time. 